Hello, welcome to Everything 3P. This is episode three. One of the questions that I get asked by a lot of third-party sellers is, why are they restricting my channel? Doesn't it make sense that the more people out there selling their product, the better? And to help answer that question again is David Howell. Uh, and basically, the question is, why is the brand picking on me? So, Dave, why is the brand picking on them? I think it's actually pretty good. Why are they singling me out, right? Yeah. Why, yeah. why here? Why now? Why me? I mean, <laughs> these things always happen. And, and I think it's important. And you and I talked quite a bit in depth about talk about this specific podcast. So I'll apologize a little in advance. It's probably <laughs> going to be about five minutes or so, maybe <laughs> 10 minutes longer than our normal ones. But I think it's extremely important for third-party sellers to understand why why does a brand have a restricted channel? Why do they have a small sales channel? Or why are they only allowing one or three or five? You know, the, the analogy back in the day, Maurice, if you remember, the more people you get to sell your product, the better, yep. right? Yep. Uh, I want hundreds of people all buying it through distribution, selling it online. Well, if everybody goes way back to the beginning of brand protection. I'm an old guy now, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the domain name craze, right? Register right. everything you can with .com is called the, the Wild Wild West. Sure. That's shifted over time, right? Yep. Domain names, you know, there's still money to be made there. There's still people doing stuff and driving traffic, but it really comes down to the marketplaces. Sure. So if you talk about digital sales, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really go on a rant here. So Maurice, <laughs> Maurice which is uh, my great partner, I won't allow to ask too many questions because... I'm going to go on a kind of a little rant here. but That's fine. You, you talk about channel <laughs> compliance. You talk about restricting that channel. Well, why is it important? Right. Well, back in the day, if you have, you know, the Walmarts, the Fred Meyers, you had Shopco's, you had all these, you know, Walgreens, Rite Aids, everybody should carry your product, put it on the shelves everywhere you can. That makes total sense, right? Because once you have that consumer and they walked in that store, you got a captive audience. Right. So you, you could have three brands. Yep that are the same kind of type of thing, right? Three types of chapstick, as you will. And 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 you got the captive audience in there. Well, what if you walked into Walgreens yep. and on that shelf was a Walmart shelf, Rite Aid shelf, <laughs> yeah. Shopco shelf, okay? Great point. So, so now you walk into a brick and mortar and you got internal competing inside of the store. So you, you think that the Rite Aid or the Walgreens captured that, that consumer. Right. But then when they got to the shelf, they had to make a decision. And now you had each of those stores driving the price down more and more and more. And now you had Walgreens, who's got the big brick and mortar store, sitting there going, I have to compete with these other three guys that are in my store on the shelf right there, and I'm getting the price at the lowest. So now we're going to talk about why why that's, you know, that analogy I just kind of, I won't say I made up or pulled out <laughs> the butt, but, but it's a good analogy, right? It is. A, a good colleague of mine, um, who's Whitney Gibson, who I do, do look up to, um, he made the analogy a lot of times about Honda dealerships. There's a reason why you don't have a Honda dealership three or four of them on the same stretch of mile, right? right? They're all spread out. Because if you had 300 dealerships on the same stretch of mile, what do they do? They're all going to compete for price. They're going to fight over that consumer. Yep. And in the end, nobody no, nobody really wins, right? The consumer may ultimately win, um, but then it really, it seems like a, a scrapping fight. Yep. yep. So we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about the e-commerce, obviously. But we're going to talk about price erosion, mm -hmm. consumer confidence issues, and then we're going to talk about brand or, or product integrity. Great. So... Now, when you have an open marketplace, and we're not talking about the direct e-commerce sites, right? The direct e-commerce, like REI.com. 
Right. REI.com is, is a very good retailer. Um, their products that are on there, they hold, they hold up to map, they hold up to the brand integrity. Um, they're, they're what they want to sell on their website and how they sell, whether it's competitive from a North Face to a Patagonia to a Fall Raven coat, that's fine. They're going to do that. But it's now because that's one seller. It's REI. They mm-hmm. got the consumer. Our consumer went to REI.com. They're sure. looking for that. So REI is not competing with another seller. Right. When you go to Amazon, you're one of the third-party sellers that are on that platform. So now if I'm selling um, a backpack, okay, Jane Sport backpack, mm-hmm. and Jane Sport says, you know what, we've got two authorized sellers that we're allowing to sell. Those authorized sellers have product. They have consumer um, customer service. They're going to uphold to that price. Right. And they're going to do the things the right way. Well, now throw 10 third-party sellers all on there. Oh, yeah. Now they're competing for price because it's about the buy box. So, and it's about the conversion. And this is where the price erosion starts so, to come into play. That's right. So right. back when it was brick and mortar, it was always a race to the top. The yes. more money I can get out of the product, the better. Yes. The more margins I have, right? I'm proud because I'm the only Walgreens in yeah. rural town USA. Right. And I can actually now, their MSRP of $19.99, it's going to be $19.99. Right. <laughs> margins are there, right? We're all happy. <laughs> yeah. And if I offer a 10% coupon, I'm still making good margins. Well, MSRP and all this stuff means nothing when you start getting the marketplace, yeah. and the price gets eroded. Price gets eroded. So, the authorized sellers and everybody needs to list this. Those two authorized sellers that may be on that ASIN or that SKU, right? They're going to uphold the map because they're bound by agreements and they're bound by policies, and they're going to be bound by um, the ramifications of breaking those policies and agreements. Sure, third-party sellers do not. So now you have ten other sellers popping up selling it at whatever price, and they're all going to beat each other by $0.10, cents, $0.20. Cents, and it's yeah. all race to the bottom because they think, and right. a lot of it's true, the buy box are a reflection of price. Right. And a lot of that is very true. There's a lot of other factors that go involved with that, but that price is going to dictate that. Well, now you got two authorized sellers right. that bought a lot of product through a lot of purchase orders, and they're holding that product, and they're competing Yes. in unfair competition. It completely it truly unfair. is. Because yes. that unfair competition, the third-party seller, is going to undercut price because they're not bound by it. Yep. And now we're going to get into the brand integrity and yep. the consumer confidence. When a consumer logs on to Amazon, they're looking at a product, and they see a price variation from, let's just arbitrarily say, $9.99 to $39.99 for the same yes. product. What the heck is going on? No doubt. $10 to $40. What's right. going on? And why is there 40 people selling it? And some of those names are <laughs> yeah. Joe, Bill, Bob, yes. Basement. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Now you get consumer. Right. Their confidence is like, huh, is this legitimate? Yes. Is this real? Why are they not? Why, why is their price all over the place? Is it yes. counterfeit? Is it seconds? Is their product so crappy that there's so much refurbished? This is a consumer mindset, right? Yes. Yeah. That's. So you got price erosion yep. that's happening, leads to that consumer confidence, yes. which then goes to your brand integrity. And now the integrity of the brand yep. is suffering. Well, and, and not only that, you bring up an important point. I was just on, uh, on the phone with a, with a client, a very big company, uh, very well known. And what they were saying is because of the price erosion, the authorized sellers called them and says, we will lower the prices to do that. But as soon as that happens, that's a vicious cycle, right? Because then the unauthorized are going to go lower again. 
And then, yeah, is I, that? Yeah, yeah, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when an authorized seller says we're going to do that, yeah. <laughs> you bring it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're still going to get the letters. We'll cut you off at distribution. Yes. I mean, I understand, but to your point, yeah. we have, as a manufacturer, we would have to listen to that. Sure. Going, if we have authorized sellers, which let's be honest, authorized sellers are usually your police. Yeah. And, so remember, a third party seller can be authorized yeah. or unauthorized. And, Third-party sellers police the community themselves. So yes, they do. when they can't get the buy box or when they're competing against unauthorized, they're going to be the first ones that are going to complain. So they're a trigger as yes. well. And and that's the problem is as a manufacturer, we have to not only make sure that our consumers are happy. Yes. We have to make sure our authorized sales channel is happy because that's our true. authorized sales channels are what's really the bread and butter. And that right. trickles down to the brick and mortar. So I want everybody to understand what we call price parity. If you're inside of a brick and mortar and somebody scans it, and there's such a huge competition out there, the price is drowned, being being drowned to the ground, um, you're going to get brick and mortars now. I'm not going to buy this much of that product. Yeah. And I've been in these conversations at outdoor retailer in the booths of manufacturer, going, I'm not issuing that big of a PO anymore to buy this product because the real estate in my store, people are coming in trying it on, and they're sitting there going, well, I could try it on. This is exactly what I want. They scan it on their phone, Go 40% Amazon. off on Amazon. Yes. I can wait two days. Yeah. Yep. Who hurts in that? You're, you're, you're thinking the consumer benefits. Absolutely the consumer right. benefits short term. Not long term, because now that store is not going to carry that product later, which means they're not going to have the op- opportunity to buy, to put it on, to see it, to yeah. feel it, those types of things. Right. And and that brick and mortar is, is at the point going, I can't afford to buy and warehouse this product. Yes. But if, okay, there's a level of price parity right. where I'm trying it on at, at REI, whatever it is, and I scan it, and it's only $3 off of maybe Amazon... They're not gonna. They're not gonna say I'll buy it on Amazon. Wait two or three days. It may fit. May not. They're gonna buy it in the store. That's exactly so it. That's why it's so important to have map policies, pricing policies. Because mm-hmm. even if you're a third party seller, it's unauthorized. And you're like, ha ha! I got my hand on their product. I got these guys. Right. Guess what's gonna happen? You may be hot selling today. Next year you won't because you're gonna be part of the problem driving down the price. Yes. Manufacturers aren't gonna, aren't, or brick and mortar's not gonna buy it. Manufacturers are gonna go away. It's gonna be this whole thing. And you see that all the time. You see brands that used to be big, big brands. Right. And all of a sudden they're kind of everyday household brands yes. uh, because they lost that. People call them street brands, right? right? So you have a very, very high end coat manufacturer. I'm, I'm going to do my best not to single anybody. Yeah, I know. I know because I'm looking, I'm already looking at your shoes. I I'm looking at your jacket. I know. So, <laughs> and everybody can't see my, 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 my uh, uh, flannel I'm wearing today, but it's the name I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. At one time, it was yeah. a very, very high-end brand. Then it becomes right. what's like a street label or street brand. Exactly. And, and, and it's lost its value because, right. because of that product dilution, right. that brand erosion. The consumer right. confidence where they switch to another manufacturer right. that they have more confidence in. Now, so as a third-party seller, just understand that no one's really picking on you. Um, no one's really sitting there going, oh, I'm going to take these guys down. I'm going to beat down those the mom right. paws out there. I'm right. going to beat them down. And I'm going to make sure this guy that bought it is not going to sell right. it. Right, right. Because I, I, I admire that. I admire the guy that's willing to go to every TJ Maxx and Marshalls and Ross Dress for Less. That's a lot of work. the shoes. Yeah. And then take that risk of buying them, sending them in, yep. buying low and selling high. I myself used to be a big eBayer back in the day. Absolutely. I love doing that, and I think that's great. But you have to understand, when you do that, 
If you're going to undercut everybody else on price, that trickle-down effect hurts everybody. And yeah. you've got to look at it, sometimes take a step back. People, it's easy to say that evil corporation. Yes. Okay? <laughs> well, let's take a look at that evil corporation, okay? And let's say they are, you may think they're evil, right? You may think it's ridiculous that they can build a coat for $30 in China that are selling <laughs> it for $200, exactly. right? Well, understand, what was the R&D that went involved? Yep. What's the sales team they have? What's the yeah. distribution, the shipping, the commitment to manufacturing to manufacture that many, the labeling that goes in place, the yeah. anti-counterfeiting in place, building up that brand. People yeah. say, I mean, Coca-Cola is like the, the most valuable brand in the world. I get people will argue and say Apple, Coke, whatever, yeah. but Coke, yeah. the most valuable brand in the world for a $30 can of soda. Yeah. It's not the value <laughs> of the product. Right. It's the value of the brand that they built up. Right. Apple has a very aggressive anti-counterfeiting, a very aggressive channel compliance, very aggressive sales structure. What would their brand be if they let everybody everywhere sell, sell at any price? It wouldn't be what it is today. No. Now, yeah, it no, would still be yeah. an innovative company. It'd still be a very strong company, but maybe it'd be like Motorola. Okay? Yep. People, please understand, 10 years ago, Motorola Razor was the number one cell phone out there. Yep. Now, pfft, is there a Motorola phone? I mean, I know there is, arbitrary speaking, you know, yeah, being facetious. Well, no, you're, you really are, because when I look at the brand integrity and even just staying true to the values of what they're trying to do, which demands that price yeah. at times, look at BlackBerry. BlackBerry all the way up to 2012 was turning out 85% profit every year. That's right. And then about that time, they started going down. That's right. And, uh, and again, Apple, I understand that we were talking, we're maybe focusing on cell phones or mobile devices. Yeah. Apple's a much larger company. But really look at that, right? It's about building that brand up. And what's that brand value? And a company needs to maintain that. they got to protect yep. that. It's yeah. not just trademarks and copyrights, but it's also that intellectual property right. that they're really truly, and that's the consumer's vision and comfort of what that brand is today. So when when you look at it and you're a third-party seller and you're unauthorized and you're selling on Amazon, there's 10 others and you're like, well, there's 10 others, I can too. No, the brand's going after the 10 others, not picking on you. And that's exactly the point. I have heard that. Actually, I hear it at least once a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to assure them that don't worry because I've actually had uh, third-party uh, third sellers uh, tattletaling on other third-party sellers. That's right. And I have to always say, they're on my list. <laughs> they are. Well, because I, I need them to understand. And, and they, they got to understand. And that's the beauty of, if you're listening to these podcasts, and we, we've got a lot coming out, we're doing this in between doing the work. Yes. We're not just sitting here. Like Most people who know my name know I've spent 20 years doing this stuff, but we're not here just preaching this, right? right. We're doers and we're teachers, yes. right? Um, they always say that those, those who can't do teach and those right. who teach well have done. I've coined that. Yep. I'm sorry. I own that. But that's absolutely <laughs> true. Because those who don't do teach, but those who teach well have done. You yeah. and I are trying to teach and we're trying to teach the best of our abilities because we live that. Yep. Right? I've sent 10,000 cease and desist letters in my career yeah. across every type of intellectual Actually, property Actually, you've sent violation. more than that. Because I, <laughs> but, so now you understand. So yeah. we're here to try to give yeah. you that, this, this, this education, but educate you not just... What to do if you receive a letter? Right. What does that letter mean? But now I want you to get into the stand. Why? Why the manufacturer care? Why is it so important? Just yeah. understand, you're selling on a, on a channel. There's authorized sellers, and you are competing with that unauthorized seller. Right. And I I I predict that there'll be you know legal stuff coming down 
where third-party sellers always argue first sale doctrine, downstream commerce, I have the right, right. to sell a product. And you know what's going to happen? Manufacturers are going to get together and go, you know what? You know where the conspiracy is? Because an antitrust case really comes down to a level of conspiracy sure to manipulate that price. I think it's going to come down that these third-party sellers are actually creating unfair competition, which can be conspiratorial, sure. which actually could, could, could switch the tides. Because when you think of a third-party seller, and when you think of the first sale doctrine, right, you're going back 100 years, so it definitely yeah. could be upgraded, updated to what it is today. But um, when you think of three or four third-party sellers that can manipulate the entire channel, disrupt oh, yeah. the entire pricing, oh, yeah. disrupt the, 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 the flow of goods to a consumer, isn't that a conspiracy to fix price, to manipulate price? Totally. So, now, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here to argue case law or anything like that, right? I'm, I'm what, what you call that, you know, I might be able to play a lawyer on TV, but yeah. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think that there's a lot of that where I think the price manipulation comes from an unauthorized third party seller to manipulate that market and then drive, as you said earlier on, right. an authorized seller going, I'm going to drop price. Yep. You're forcing that hand, you're forcing the manufacturer. And the only way we have the privilege to have a beautiful iMac computer, a Samsung phone, a pair of AirPods. The only way we have those great products is through innovation. And those innovations come to a product's integrity. They're yeah. selling the product. And those sales to that product go through the authorized channel. Yep. You're an unauthorized seller possibly getting 10, 15 of that product that you can make a quick turn and burn on. That's great. But understand an authorized seller on these are buying hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. to really build up that brand flow of product to consumer and the right integrity to then move forward right absolutely right you know and it's i i don't want the audience to ever think that we're, we're picking on unauthorized third-party sellers at all uh matter of fact that's the reason that this this channel was created and hopefully that you find value in applying these things uh to to make yourself even more successful absolutely i i, I think that I don't, that's why I don't like always the word cease and desist or demand letter. I always yeah. like to have that open line of communication with an unauthorized seller because yeah. I, I fully support all sides of the spectrum. And if you were able to obtain or get your hands on product to sell it, I, I understand the desire to actually sell that product. Right. I'm here to educate you that the manufacturer has a, a level of channel compliance and adherence in place. We're going to work with you to either fall you in compliance or make you aware you're not allowed to sell it on that platform. Now, if you want to go sell it on Craigslist or you want to go sell it on uh, another marketplace that's that's authorized, you can. But on these large marketplaces, we're just here to educate you to say they have a channel program and you're not a part of that and you're hurting the entire channel by doing so. And again... You can flip the middle finger at me. You can curse at me. You can yell at me. We hear this all the time. Right? All the time. All the time. I understand that. But it's not going to change the direction. You, you yes. are one third-party seller, very small, that's hurting the channel in a very big way. The manufacturer will stop at nothing to do with their best to try to clean that because, as you said, they're authorized third-party sellers yeah. are the ones that are throwing up the stink. And do we have to make the unauthorized happy or do we have to make the authorized happy? Right. We have to make the authorized happy because they're sitting on hundreds of thousands of POs. We exactly. see this all the time. We, we've we been part of those booths and at these trade shows where the, the authorized third-party seller goes, I will issue a $20 million PO right now right for your there. whole catalog. Absolutely. Right there. And, and they're doing that because they're under the assumption, yep. rightfully so, 
I'm going to be the only one that's going to be able to sell this, or I'm going to be the only one of two that we have a fair advantage right. to obtain the buy box, to move the product in a very fair competition way. Uh, 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 five unauthorized third-party sellers, that's unfair competition now. It's unfair competition. And and I get legally that could be different terms, but I'm not here to debate lawyers because I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to, to talk to today. And I appreciate everybody sticking around for a little five, ten minutes longer. Yeah. But it is true. I wanted. I want you guys to get in, into the mind of the manufacturer, not just picking on you. They're not just beating you down. But truthfully, they have an authorized sales network. And if they don't make that authorized sales network happy, um, they're not going to be around anymore. No. And and if they're not around, the, the brand's going to going to going to go away. Uh, maybe not go away. That's that's the extreme. But they're definitely going to going to take a huge huge hit, and they're yes. not going to be what they were tomorrow. So it's in their interest for yeah. their sales team, for their board for their stockholders, all that stuff, to make sure that they have a very clean channel. Yep. It's a very happy channel. Their salespeople buy more. Their consumers are happy. And then we all the things we started, they won't have price erosion. They won't have consumer confidence issues. And their brand integrity will be held to the highest. Excellent. We can end on that note. Hey, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we will see you soon.